Ronaldinho takes and David Seaman's call off his line and Brazil take the lead. Ronaldinho has scored. David Seaman is caught cold. Hello everybody, welcome to Ramble On. It's good to have you with us. I say us because I'm here with producer Charlie. Charlie, how are you? Hello mate. Straight to the point. A bit like Ronsil, <laughs> Quick Dry and Woodstain. Charlie does exactly what says what it says on his tin. Yep, all of my different tins. <laughs> different well, there's scenarios. No, there's no need for tin hats here, ladies and gentlemen. We're in a very safe <laughs> and warm, cuddly environment. And uh, it, we, we're deep inside June of 2020, uh, of course, now. And we should have a summer tournament with us, as we all know. But we do have the Premier League back, which is sort of like a summer tournament this time around. But it got us thinking about summer tournaments. And did you know, ladies and gentlemen, that in the year 2002, when Brazil won the World Cup in uh, South Korea and Japan, the tournament concluded on the 30th of June. Uh, the final, of course, they beat Germany too. Now, isn't that credible that the, the tournament was all done and dusted? I mean, usually a World Cup goes into into, into July in, in my mm. mind's eye. Perhaps there are other tournaments that maybe didn't or maybe just went over into July. But we're going to talk about the 2002 World Cup this time around. Charlie, are you even old enough to remember the 2002 World Cup? Uh, not, not much, no. I remember, I do remember, I remember the sort of process of being allowed to watch some games at mm. my school, but I don't really yeah. remember the games themselves. I think, as we were we discussed last week with the Euros, sort of Euro 2004, mm-hmm. World Cup in Germany, that was more sort of my speed. Yeah. But, I mean, I've read about the the brilliance and the horrors of uh, <laughs> of this one. So, and the, <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, the horrors. As you said, sort of, what, 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, you look, look at stuff, it... For me, it doesn't. It doesn't look or feel that dated. I don't know about yourself, but mm. yeah, I know what you mean. I, I the nineteen ninety eight World Cup was 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 a great World Cup, um, and then two thousand and six was a bit better. This one was okay. Different setting. Mm-hmm. The, there wasn't too many great games. I mean, with regards to the dates I just gave, the ninety eight World Cup started on the tenth of June, finished twelfth of July. That's more. That's more like that's what you yeah. want, isn't it? Well, and the um, 2006 World Cup started on the 9th of June and finished on the 9th of July. Now, I find it odd when there's a Champions League final on the 1st of June or, or it just dips into into June. But this World Cup in, in Korea, oh, they've, they've found you, Charlie, the coppers are there. Um, <laughs> this, this World Cup started on the 31st of May. And I know that's the last that's day so, uh, in May. That's like Champions League final sort of day yeah. now, isn't it? But May, for crying out loud. But I remember that the start of this tournament uh, very, very well because I was a student and uh, I know Jonathan Wilson gave a quite a, a, an interesting story or, or quite a funny little tale when he was a student finishing up at Oxford University, obviously, oh, yeah. he went there uh, and, and managed to make it in time for uh, Scotland versus England at Euro 96, which we talked about with Mark Watson. But this tournament, I mean, how about this for, a, for the epitome of a lovely old job? My last assignment at university, the first year of, my, of, of university, was in on the 31st of May. I had to get it in by, by midday. And 
Uh, oh no, it was, it was by twelve thirty, which is when my last lecture ended. Oh, so no, no, sorry, I'm conflating two things. I had to get my last assignment in, which I did, and my last lecture of the year, or the term rather, or year, I suppose, um, was 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 twelve thirty. It finished. At, I think it was twelve thirty, hmm. and the opening game of this World Cup kicked off at one p.m. UK time. So I I finished my my last lecture. I'll tell you what, there's a there's a lorry reversing in case anybody hears that beeping. It's us rowing back through the annals of time. That's what that noise it is. is. It's very uh, much a reversing truck through yeah. World Cup history. <laughs> I think he's trying to reverse up the Pompey Highway, uh, which is <laughs> uh, which is always a tricky thing. But um, so I finished uh, at, on the Friday. At 12, 12.30, I went to the student union where they had the big screen set up and the game kicked off at one o'clock. I then it had... Oh, it was magnificent. I didn't return back until I think some... What would it have been? Uh, I didn't return back to university. My next lecture was on the 1st of October. I had four <laughs> months summer holiday <laughs> kicking off with the World Cup. I mean... And it was probably free then, was it? I don't know. Oh no, universe. Sadly, not university. Wasn't. Was, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not that old. Sadly, um, but my goodness, uh, it, what, what, what an incredible uh, moment that was walking into the student union. Um, but of course, the first game of the tournament was was the holders France playing Senegal, and and at this point we hadn't really got used to the the weird. Um, kind of tradition now which is the holders of the world cup then have an absolute disaster the following world cup because yeah. we, we we had been used to um argentina in 86 getting to the final in 90 then um west germany although were they germany by the 94 world cup i can't remember let's just call them germany they were the winners then 94 they got put out to bulgaria in the quarterfinals and we thought that was a bit of a nightmare but it was a good bulgarian side and they still got to the quarters brazil got to the final after the 98 um after the 94 world cup in 98 and then france began this sort of strange tradition because france of course uh, went out in the first round with one point from three games you then have so Brazil broke that tradition. Well, did I say broke the tradition in two thousand and two? They went out in the quarterfinals in 06. But in 06, the winners Italy go out in the first round in two thousand and ten. Then Spain winners in two thousand and ten go out in the first round in two thousand and fourteen. And then Germany, the winners of two thousand and fourteen, go out in the first round in two thousand and eighteen. It's it's pretty remarkable actually. And what it gives you a little bit of hope for football because sometimes football can be quite predictable, especially at club level in terms of sort of Champions Leagues and whatnot. But at international level, yes, France looked like they could dominate the next sort of few tournaments, as Spain did in that little period. But actually, when you think about that statistic, or, or yeah, I suppose it's a fact rather, it's pretty interesting, Chaz. You yeah. Know yeah, I think as well, the because uh, that France side, as, as we talked about last week, I suppose, mm. the, um, you know, were were immense. And mm. so I suppose you're coming to, coming to them as the holders and... Uh, yeah, you've got to be thinking this. This has got to be an easy win, and you've got to, even if not, you think they're getting through the group. Yeah, but you're right. It's just started this sort of really bizarre chain of events that doesn't seem to have stopped since. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they took two thousand euros as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, with France, they go into the first game against Senegal, who aren't exactly veterans at that that at the, at the World Cup stage. But they've done very well to to, to qualify. They've got Bruno Metsu, the, the French coach, in charge. But the France side. Bartes in goal, Taram Leboeuf, Desai, Lisa Razou at the back. Now, I know they're a little bit older, but still, midfield, Vieira Petit, Djorkaev, you know, Will Tord, Henri and David Trezeguet are in there. Now, again, those names, they were getting a little bit older, but they were the best team in the world 
four years previous. Mm. And actually, in Euro 2000, you could even argue that that was perhaps a better side than two years uh, before. So it's only two years after Euro 2000 that this team takes to the field. And they get beaten by a Senegal side who have El Hadjouf up front. You've got Salif Diaw in there, Papa Bouba Diop, who scored the goal, Alou Cisse, names that we kind of... Um, begin to to uh, to know after in the tournament when they signed for kind of Premier League sides or, or, or big European sides. But to win 1-0 was, was quite a shock. But, mm. you know, it didn't stop there for France. I mean, they then go and they draw 0-0 against Uruguay and you think, hang on a minute, surely they're going to click into place because, yes, they, they've got those players, but they were missing Zenedine Zidane, who was banned for the first two games of that tournament. And Zidane comes back against Denmark and you think, OK, right, normality resume. They lose 2-0. I know. And they, and, score and, a goal. And they the fact out. they didn't score with that forward line. Oh my god! I mean, Henri gets sent off to the against Uruguay after like twenty minutes. That's oh, it's not ideal, but it's, it, yeah, but never, never, never. No ideal. goals is 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 obscene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, I, it's a it's a mad collapse. It is. I forgot Henri got sent off actually after just twenty five minutes. Yeah, but, and so I suppose it's not a terrible point. Having looked at it, and it wasn't a particularly great Uruguay side. You know, they would come into their own a bit more uh, in years to come. So they go out, but you have this Senegal side who beat France and they draw one all against Denmark. And it was a good Dan- Danish team. You know, Denmark top group, a big Yondal Thomason, little Stig Tofting, little hard man with Thomas Gravison in there. They had a, they had a bit of steel. Oh, yes, but yeah, that, a bit of steel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Helveg, Martin Lawrence, uh, Larson at the back, uh, Thomas Sorensen in goal. So so they, they get a draw with them. And then they uh, the brilliant game against Uruguay where they draw three all, having been... Uh, I think three goals up, you know, they sort of hold on and, and, and they go through. But but what a what an amazing start to the tournament. It's always nice, I mean, shades of, of Cameroon when they beat Argentina 1-0 in 1990 mm. to kind of shock the world when uh, to beat the holders. Although, as I say, Argentina didn't go on to have the mayor that, uh, that, that France would. Um, but I mean, elsewhere, you know, you had a decent Spain side. Uh, they, they topped their group with, with nine points. Um, uh, you know, Brazil took everybody apart and looked, looked very fanciful. They had Rivaldo getting sent off for when when one of the Turkish, not Rivaldo, sorry, Rivaldo getting a Turkish player sent off. Who was it? Uh, Ozala? Uh, it was uh, it was Alpi. Oh, well, uh, the corner uh, flag, yeah, yeah, all that business where he went down clutching his face, which was it's good stuff. That's not poor behaviour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. China were involved. They got absolutely hammered. They finished with zero points and a minus nine on goal difference. Uh, South Korea, they topped their group with the United States. Portugal going out in the first round as well. That was all very exciting. But the, the, the second game that I remember watching in this World Cup was the, uh, the, the, the Irish playing Cameroon in their opening game. And this was the, the first of the early kickoffs for me. I think it was about 7am or 8am. I was in my student halls and I managed to pick myself up and sort of roll into my mate's room who had a television and, and we watched the game. But this was when the, the kickoff times, it was so strange that they were so early in the morning that the pubs mm. were kind of, oh, do we open at 7am? Of course we bloody do. But, yeah, you, you know, you, you, you at school, Charlie, um, you, you, was it a bit frustrating missing out on some of this World Cup goodness? Yeah, I think so. It's an odd one really because, like, in my family, like, there's not much of an impetus to watch sport. I just think, like, my mum and dad were never that fussed. So then, but then the lads at school would... I remember the more frustrating thing was like the lads at school would be really into it. So we'd like really want to watch games and, you know, like get as much as we can. But then even the later ones, if you get home from school, like, you know, I'd, 
I'd have to like really battle with my parents to like get it on or to like get get them to sort of feign any interest. <laughs> I think they were just like, yeah, fine, yeah, it's Germany. I, was like, I don't care, sort of. Yeah, just I don't think like they were that fast, really. One all. Matt Holland scored a great goal, and it was they it was a good Cameroon side as well. They had so before the tournament, Cameroon were, had that kit where they it was a sleeveless kit. And that's what they were going to go into. But oh. apparently that broke the sort of protocols or the rules for the kit. So they kind of had these kind of sleeves almost like put on them. So it was, um, yeah, it was a bit of a strange kit. But the first half of that game, Cameroon were very good. And they went to one goal up. And I was a bit concerned for for um, Ireland. I mean, they had Jeremy in there, Lauren, uh, Mark Vivian Fowey, um, God rest him, Samuel Eto'o up front, Patrick Obama, who's a good player and scored. Uh, but the Irish came back in the second half and drew one all. And Ireland... Uh, qualified through that group, finishing ahead of Cameroon very impressively. Um, I mean, Germany were, were obviously they would go to the final. Germany beat Saudi Arabia eight nil in their opening game. And this is yeah, when Miroslav Klose. Well, Miroslav Klose, he's, he's got the, he's got the goals. He got he got a hat trick in that game. Oh, fair enough, I suppose. If you beat the hmm. whipping boys, beat Ronaldo. Yeah, Ronaldo scored against you know China and one or two other teams. But the, but I remember the Irish playing Germany. And closer scored early on, but I remember Robbie Keane getting a ninety-second last minute. minute. Yeah, oh, it's good. It's good. Crazy. That's what this World Cup's all about, isn't it? Yeah, big Mick McCarthy's face was was an absolute treat on that one. And of course, the, <laughs> the Irish then beat Saudi Arabia three 0 to go through in second. And I think that's Ireland's biggest ever win, actually, at an international tournament. It certainly was. I'm, I'm pretty sure um, that that was the case. Um, and of course, at this World Cup, it was Sven's first tournament for England. And he faced he off written down, written down in the diary, <laughs> etched in the memory. Oh, and England, of course, played Sweden in their opening game. Um, yeah. And England did that classic thing at tournaments that they do, in which they start quite brightly, go a goal up, and then get pegged back. And it and the first game ends in a bit of disappointment. I mean, this has happened at so many tournaments. It happened in 1990. It happened at Euro '96. Uh, well, Euro 2000, they were pegged back and lost the game. It happened in this one. It happened in Euro 2004 when they lost the lead and were pegged back. Uh, when else did it happen? 2010 against the US. 2012 against France, they were pegged back. Although, to be fair, the France side were better, so I suppose it wasn't a disaster. Um, you got It maybe as a minnow, it's a, it would be a bizarre... Yeah, sort of switch of thought where you think, oh no, we're in a group with England. They tend to be quite strong, but then you think, oh, actually, if we can get them first game, we might be all right. You know, yeah. we might get something out of it. 2016. How on earth did they not beat that poor Russia side when Russia had nothing and scored with the last touch of the game? And that was why it was it was so gutting for 90 odd minutes of the game against Tunisia in 2018 because I thought, oh my goodness, we're doing it again. And then of course Kane scored, and there was a bit of a different feeling. But anyway, this game, England drew one all with Sweden. And it was a very powerful Sol Campbell header that got England going. And, and the commentary from Barry Davis was, the ball comes in and Barry Davis just goes, free header, bang. And, bang. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that back four for England with Danny Mills at right back, Sven yeah. had them very well drilled. Ferdinand and Campbell at the back was was pretty special. Uh, it, you know, it was decent. And, and, and Sven had learned. Uh, that uh, that that England, you know, defensively were often a bit shaky. So he so he really drilled them, but that was slightly to the detriment of the attack. I mean, they started with Vassell and Owen up front, which is. 
quite crazy to think. But yeah, Sweden Sweden drew one all. But England um, got through the group, and that win against Argentina was a magnificent England performance. It wasn't sort of uh, swashbuckling stuff, and it was a penalty. But but England were um, that, 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 that you know they 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 played well, and and that England side that is a very 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 rare thing that England beat a team who on paper were probably a touch better than them, even though that was a good England side. But also, well, England beat, beating a good side at a tournament is quite damning uh, for England. It's quite a rare thing. If you look back, you have to go... It's quite damning for the side they beat, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Argentina going out in the first round. I mean, you see Simeone, Veron, Serene, Ortega, Batistuta, Gonzalez, Aymar, Crespo, uh, Pochettino in there. Lovely Samuel. Yeah, gave away the penalty, of course, uh, against Michael Owen. Um, who went down quite uh, quite willingly, but um, but but England sat on a one 0 lead and managed to hold it out. Very very rare result that one, and I enjoyed it immensely. Um, so they went through. The other thing from the first round that was was a little bit naughty was when Mexico and Italy played each other, and they realised because Italy were were kind of both of them could either they could go through, or one of them could go out because Croatia were playing Ecuador. And and they needed if Ecuador won, then that was pretty good for Italy and Mexico. And Italy equalised with with five minutes to go through a Del Piero goal, and then they basically just passed the ball around at the back to Mexico for the last five minutes because they knew it was a result that would suit both sides. <laughs> it's a bit of a signal mm. for uh, for poor old Croatia. Elsewhere, Japan went through uh, their group, um, and then we were into the knockouts. And this was the last tournament that used the golden goal rule in extra time. See, I, that's mad to me because I thought I thought golden goal was, you know, the option of it was there, mm. but it was just never used, and it's just sort of like a bit of a folklore thing. But I didn't realise that, that, you know, they actually used it for mm. the, for international tournaments, and it survived as long as it did do. Yeah, well, Euro '96, where it was the first major tournament that I can remember it being in, and of course, did Germany. Anyone, did anyone win on golden goal in the tournament? The final. Oh, in, in, course, in Euro '96, yeah. it was Oliver Bierhoff scored the golden goal in the final. I think I think it was the only one of the tournament, if uh, if I remember correctly. Both semi-finals, of course, went to penalties, um, but I think it was the only one of the tournament. But in this tournament, there were I think three golden goals, if I remember correctly, and uh, of course South Korea famously getting one against Italy to knock them out, um, which was. I mean, that was the kind of marquee result that a host nation really want in the in the in the tournament. Sadly, Japan went out in the second round to Turkey, decent Turkey side, uh, and there was the Irish went out on penalties to Spain after Robbie Keane had equalised in the last minute. Um, England had looked pretty good against Denmark, like beat them three 0 and never really got out of third gear. That was very enjoyable indeed, and that was when England we really started to kind of dream. So there was a golden yeah. goal there. There was a golden goal against Senegal in the quarterfinal, which Turkey scored, which ended Africa's hopes of of getting a team to the um, to, to the semi final for the first time. Um, oh, I do remember that one. That, yeah, that's uh, oh Manches, was it? I can't remember. Uh, what well, the Turkish player? The, yeah, who scored the golden goal? So if I remember, yes, that sounds about right. I don't know how I would have thought of this, but he's also a was also a figure skater. Was he really? I think that's so, a, yeah. That's an amazing, uh, that's an amazing bit of knowledge. Probably, um, amount of bloody quizzes with everyone doing in lockdown. Yeah. Come up somewhere, but yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Think he, yeah, I think he was also a figure skater. It's good stuff, really, isn't it? 
What a talented man. Oh, the other yeah. golden goal was for Senegal themselves against Sweden when it was Henry Camera who scored. Uh, for, ah. Played a bit in uh, Britain for a bit. He played for Wolves, Celtic, Southampton, Wigan, West Ham, Stoke City and Sheffield United, according to Wikipedia. Um, I'll be ready for Luke's game if he if he pops up. Um, so, the, there was, so there was, there was uh, a few golden goals knocking around the tournament. I mean, in the quarterfinals, uh, as I say, it was such a shame for Senegal to go out because you know Senegal and Turkey in a quarterfinal, you know, two teams that really hadn't done anything at World Cups previously. You know, one of them was guaranteed to get to the semi-final, but for African sides, you know, Cameroon 1990, of course, Ghana in 2010, and Senegal here, it's they've come so close to getting a team to mm. the semis. I mean, Ghana are a kick away, of course. That is the biggest sickener of them all. I would personally say that Cameroon in 1990 were the best of those sides and, and they would have been a side who could have maybe gone on. I think West Germany were the best team in 1990. Um, whereas I don't think Senegal or Ghana would have gone on to win it. But of course, get the semi-final, you know, flipping it. I was going to say, it's anyone's game, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, I mean, elsewhere, South Korea beat Spain in quite strange circumstances, shall we say, with a couple of... Very, very questionable decisions going against the Spanish. And it's interesting when you look at their list of scorers for penalties uh, or, or those who took penalties, you've got big Fernando Hierro, who was, you know, a magnificent player in his day, but very much coming towards the end of his of his uh, career. Xavi scored one of the penalties. We, we, we would see a lot more from him, it's fair to say, mm-hmm. later. And uh, and big Joaquin, who uh, he's still is he still oh, playing for Real so Betis at the age of forty five <laughs> or whatever he is? So yeah, <laughs> he, he was he was in there. Uh, of course, England lost to Brazil, and I think to be honest with you, and and, and I'm sure some of our Irish boys listening to this or, or, and Welsh will laugh at this, but I I thought that this was England's best chance ever to win a World Cup because in 1990, still, as in you still look back on that now? Yeah, I think I think what a missed opportunity because mm. 1990. Um, as I say, I think West Germany were the best side. Uh, uh, and also, I was quite young at the time to really kind of fully take it all in. I think uh, other World Cups, so 06, I, I don't think they would have won it. Um, uh, and of course, 2018 in Russia, you know, it was great that they got to the semi final. And yeah, it was a missed opportunity to get to the final, but I've never been so certain of a winner in all my 100%. life. When, when France went yeah. through, I thought whoever played them, they will they will be beaten. And look what they did to Croatia, for crying out loud. And Croatia beat England. Um, but with this World Cup, I remember one or two of the, the papers billing this almost as the final. And again, people will think that's English arrogance. And yeah, probably is a little bit. But I, I remember thinking whoever wins this game really have got a huge chance of going on because because England would have then set up a semi-final against Turkey. Now, of course, we don't know. We'll never know. And it's it's a, ultimately a, a completely pointless conversation. But I would have fancied England <laughs> against Turkey. And then England would have played Germany in the final. And it, would have, and it was a Germany side who England had beaten five on previously. Uh, and, and why I mention that is because England would have probably had the monkey off their back with with Germany in in that sense, but then people would have said yeah. they would have been overconfident. But the fact is, England went out. They were one nil up. Um, they could they 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 lose a goal right at the end of the first half, and old Svenigans is shell shocked. Uh, and uh, and you know by Gareth Southgate's accounts, gay he just looked into into the abyss during the halftime team talk, and all the players were like, "Oh crap, we're in trouble." And then David Seaman and Ronaldinho with a beautiful goal. But we all know what happened there. But one of the, the great shames um, 
I, I think, uh, you know, in the wider context of football, Michael Ballack, who scored against the US in the quarterfinal, got the only goal of the game. He then scored in the semi-final against South Korea, getting um, the only goal of the game. But he, um, he he didn't play in the final uh, because I think it was a second booking. I don't think it was injury. And Michael Ballack is a phenomenal career. He won trophies wherever he went. But losing finalist of the Champions League, I think, twice. Losing World Cup finalist and losing European Championship finalist. So, yes, he won trophies at Bayern and Chelsea. And all. <laughs> he has had a lot of bad luck as well, but a phenomenal player. Um, but, yeah, it was a shame that South Korea ultimately kind of went out with... You know, just against the canny side, you know. Mm. Um, but the one side we haven't really mentioned is is Brazil, of course. And Ronaldo was uh, the only team he didn't score against. Actually, Ronaldo was was England, but of course, Rivaldo hey, and Ronaldinho. Hey, hey. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Put that, the, put that up in the football museum. <laughs> Let, let's let's <laughs> cling to that, shall we? Um, but he scored a bit of a Tommy Tobash against Turkey, if I remember correctly, in the semi final, which set up the final, of course, against um, Germany. And and what was remarkable about this was is that um, it was the first time in World Cup history that Germany and Brazil had faced each other. Now, that Ooh. is that is incredible because Brazil, um, I think Brazil had competed in every single World Cup in history. Uh, let me just quickly double-check the 1930 World Cup. But but they, they had taken part in absolutely every World Cup. And Germany had, uh, you know, an, an, an incredible run in, in World Cups as well. I mean, they, they first took part, uh, it wasn't in 1950, but, 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 but basically I think Germany and Brazil had, uh, had, had competed in the most World Cups. Um, and of course, both yeah. of them, like I think on average, Germany finished like second or third at a World Cup. You know, phenomenal. Same with Brazil. How on earth they, they hadn't faced each other until this game was quite remarkable. Um, but Brazil were the favourites. Both sides, though. Both sides played a kind of, I mean, it's difficult to pin them down, but both sides, I'm pretty sure, had a back three, uh, which was interesting. And, uh, and, and and Brazil's attacking talent, you know, included Ronaldinho, who's back for the final, Rivaldo and Ronaldo. And, and Germany had closer and Neuville up front. And I, I mean, Charlie, I think it was always going to be Brazil's final, that one. But it was great to have the big man, Ronaldo, getting a couple in the final. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, that is, that is amongst the... It's a shame, really, because even for me, I think I just missed the kind of the true Ronaldo greatness mm. because of that. You know, you got to sort of you got to refer back and look back, which is you know still fine to do. But yeah, to have been able to you know to have watched him live must have been fucking immense. Yeah, because that what was he? He got eight goals or something in this. He got eight goals tournament? in the tournament, which is which is quite unheard of. Really, it was six goals became the kind of traditional uh, mark to, to, to be top scorer in the tournament. I mean, Kane got six, didn't he, in Russia, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but yeah, to get eight goals in a World Cup is phenomenal. And he got yeah. two in the final. And it, another German player I felt a little bit sorry for in the final was Oliver Kahn, who who spilled the ball for the first one, to which uh, Ronaldo tucked away and there was no messing around with the second one. But he got... Um, Oliver Kahn, despite that mistake in the final, he got best player of the tournament. Um, did that, didn't he know did. That. Ronaldo was top goal scorer, but best player of the tournament was Oliver Kahn for a goalkeeper. That's incredible. He was brilliant in that tournament, and that's why it's a real shame for him because you mentioned the 2002 World Cup. A lot of people will remember that mistake, but he was the goalkeeper and, of course, mm. the, uh, a, a player of the tournament as well. They were so, so he, miserly as well, that German side, weren't they? Only conceded three goals through the tournament. I mean, so did Sven England, admittedly, but at least yeah, German yeah. could score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that just speaks to you know, how solid they were and how immense he must have been. 
Yeah, he was he was great. I mean, again, the the, the football wasn't particularly pretty uh, on all accounts in this World Cup. There wasn't too many great games. But uh, but they were yeah defensively very very good and Khan I'm sort of glad though he was acknowledged as the best player because I talked about Francesco Toldo in the Euro 2000 chat we had and he made it, in fact his error wasn't as glaring as Khan's was in in the final but I think also that the the right team won and and Ronaldo was that good mm-hmm. I think he was always going to find a way through big big Phil Scolari was in charge but yeah so a little bit of a shame for um, Oliver Khan but ultimately it was it was Brazil. Who, uh, who who won the game and uh, the, the the match was officiated by Pierluigi Colina. That's what you want in it. That's your, that's your World Cup final icing yeah. on the cake, that. And the fourth official was Hugh Dallas, the Scottish referee. Big Hugh. <laughs> and back down to earth. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> big big Dallas knows his onions and uh, you've got to have a big man for the for the occasion. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but no, I, so it, it's a strange one, 2002, because I do remember it fondly for a couple of good results for England, but not so much the football uh, being played, but but Ronaldo with his stupid haircut and Senegal <laughs> and Japan and South Korea. But yeah, a, a lovely tournament and uh, one I've enjoyed reminiscing on. Oh, been great, mate. Now I've just got to read the history books and immerse myself in it all. Yeah, exactly. Go and find a highlights package. Uh, there we are, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed a little trip down memory lane for World Cup 2002 on this episode of Ramble On. Charlie, a pleasure chatting to you as always, my man. Oh, pleasure, mate. Take care. Lovely old job, everybody. We'll see you soon for another Ramble On. This was a Stakhanov production.